Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Guess what? Today, it's three years since we started doing Action Movie Anatomy, and we're here to break down the very first film in the MCU, none other than Iron Man, starring Hugh Jackman. I mean, starring Tom Cruise. I mean, starring none other than Robert Downey Jr. We'll see you guys in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! Yeah. Three freaking years. You can swear. Holy (laughs) shit, it's been three years. (laughs) Three years. We've done the show for a total of three whole entire years. What's up, guys? Welcome back. It's Action Movie Anatomy. We're here on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and pop culture by the bucketful. We've done 150 episodes or something of this show. Yeah. You know, did you know that 17 million people have watched this show? That is, like, <laughs> it is so crazy to me. I mean, 5 million of them are just my mom. Yeah. <laughs> the other 12, though. She's got other... a couple different screens yeah, set she's up got a bunch. on repeat, just uh, running through the playlist. It's like uh, it's like uh, In a Beautiful Mind. My yeah. mom has that room <laughs> in her house for this show. Wow. And then uh, the bathtub is like his bathtub, except it's just pictures of you yeah. all over. Yeah. It's getting weird. Let's it's getting on. a little weird. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm Andrew Guy. <laughs> yeah, you are. I was just gonna. I was just saying hi. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey guys, I'm Ben Bateman. What's going on? Um, I'm Ben Bateman's. Ben Bateman's <laughs> for Infinity Wars. We uh, are covering Iron Man today. Uh, we covered. What did we cover last week? We covered Civil War, Civil War last week, and uh, next week we're covering Infinity War. Yeah, it's uh, it's tremendously exciting. I. Uh, I'm going to a screening of it tonight, which... Uh, yeah, you're going with our friend Matt, who just you... a few minutes. ...somehow bribed, beat, blackmailed him into giving you the screener and not me, so you're going to go tonight. There's I'm going to go There's tomorrow. a lot of conversations you don't know about that happen behind closed doors. Yeah, I'm not happy about any of them. Yeah, G13 classified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Men in Black reference. Are you so point. excited to go I'm tonight? So, I'm so hyped. Uh, a lot of critics and friends have seen it already. Yeah, we. I know. And I haven't talked. I just don't talk to anyone. So this is this is like what are the sense I get, and I've avoided all conversations. The sense I get is there's one enormous spoiler, like something huge happens that is unexpected. Iron Man um, dies. That's I what think it that's is. what it is. It's too. gotta be it. But like, I, that's the sense I get is something ma- massive, and also the quality is very high. The Rotten Tomato score is interesting, right? So it's got it's it's 89, I think, or 86 all critics, uh. but then. Uh, top critics gave it a 73, which okay. is like, that feels about right, because what I'm expecting out of that movie, which we're, by the way, covering next week, is what I'm expecting out of that movie is that, like, it's going to feel awesome, but the, it's going to be a little bit like sensory overload. So if you were, like, a critic who went in being like, well, I don't want to just see the airport scene in Civil War for two and a half hours, and then you're going to get that, right. and you're not into that, I can see you giving it a bad review. Okay, yeah, that's I can what see I'm that. Just, that's what I'm guessing. I haven't seen it yet, so, you know, strike all that from the record. But That is... Uh... Very, I just can't wait. I'm can't so wait. I'm so yeah. hyped. But uh, you know, in honor of that, uh, we're going to go back 20 movies, and we're going to cover Iron Man, the very first film in the MCU, directed by John Favreau, 2008. It was a big year Did in really the world. Twenty what? Twenty uh, movies? Or are you I just saying that? This is, I think Infinity War is 19. Wow. And okay. I think we, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was actually just curious. I so Ant Man and the Wasp will be 20. For some reason, I thought this was number 20, but okay. it might be. It might be 19. Um, but in any case, we are covering that today and uh, going to go back to, to the beginning where it started all 10 years ago, break everything down. It's an exciting day today. This is Action Movie Anatomy. We cover action movies on the show, and those movies adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Yeah, I mean, come on. 
Yeah. He's Tony Stark. He's Tony. I mean, like the only person who plays by their rules more, maybe would yeah. be would maybe be Wolverine and Logan. But I think Tony Stark still does even more because oh, yeah. he's more free to do whatever he wants. Yeah, he's the. He's, he fights the government, essentially. We'll, we'll, for, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Tony! Tony! How <laughs> ironic, Tony! How ironic, <laughs> Tony! He's so good. Uh, is it Stain? Obadiah. It's Stain, though, Obadiah right? Obadiah Stain. Okay, I was hoping so much it wasn't Strain, because Obadiah Stain is such a great name for a bad guy. The, yeah, there's an old... Uh, Isn't it ironic, <laughs> <laughs> Your goal was to rid the world of weapons. You gave it its best one ever. Pepper. And now, I'm going to kill you with it. That doesn't sound anything like him. That was great. <laughs> so, um, rule number three. The movie is... Oh, so they are the smartest people in the room. Definitely, yes. Double crosses him. Yeah. Rule number three. The movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. He isn't any of those things, actually. He's not a mercenary. He... He does not work, work for the government, but he's contracted. He sells weapons, so he's not for the government. Yeah, and he's and he's not a part of Shield until the end. Which I I remember like yeah watching this in theaters and seeing Nick Fury and the Shield thing. I was like eh, and then watching it now, seeing the Shield thing. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Well, you're because you're just like when I mean, there's so much to talk about, but this movie is in some in some ways so ahead of its time. Yeah, the genius behind like even Jarvis's voice being Paul Bettany in this yeah. is just like setting and it, it up. becoming vision is and and who I mean honestly if Paul Bettany wasn't so great they would have just recast it yeah, and right. it would have been like uh, it wouldn't have been a, wouldn't have a thing but this is like yeah. it stuck. It was genius. Agreed. Um Rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. He's freaking Iron Man. Yeah, you of get, course there's an explosion. You get one in the first five minutes. Blow stuff up all the time. Um, uh, but really quickly, before we jump into the show, I want to just let you guys know, uh, you can find us online. I'm uh, at Andrew Guy. He's at Ben Bateman Media. And we have a couple Patreon members that we'd like to shout out and salute. Guys, John Schubel and James McDaniel. James McDaniel actually canceled it, and this is not a sh- this is not a slight against James. We will shout you out no matter what. If you do- if you donate one dollar for one month and you cancel it because you can't afford it, whatever, we love you. We appreciate you. So John and James, yeah, we salute you. You're salute always you you're always a part of the army. Any any support you show us, really, even just watching the videos. Yeah. But for the purpose of Patreon, I want you guys to know that if you ever decide to donate any money to watch the extra content, which we'll talk about a little later, yeah. um, you are going to get a shout out on the show because uh, we love you guys and you're yeah. the best. We do. Um, so coming up today on the show, we are going to be talking about who has the best superhero origin story ever told on screen. We're going to be talking about the most important character in the MCU. And finally asking the question, why the hell is the Mandarin not the villain in this movie? It's a little strange. We want to talk about that. The uh, girls? The girls? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's uh, in the third film. So uh, we, we are going to get into thesis statement in just a second. But before we do, we want to watch the trailer for Iron Man. Sweet trailer, right? It's good from what I remember. Mr. Stark, you've been called the Da Vinci of our time. What do you say to that? Uh, sometimes I even have to take out the trash. Occasionally I even take out the trash. <laughs> Such a great line. Ridiculous. I don't pen. That's not bad. They say the best weapon is one you never have This is to such fire. a sweet I shot. Yeah. You only need to fire once. I give you. Did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. That's a good line. Yeah, it's a great line. And like from an actor's point of view, yeah. it's a great threes, like Doom, Doom, and then he reverses his intonation. Yeah. Just so good. It's on your MySpace page. Please, no gang signs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll throw it up. I'm kidding. <laughs> And his freak out here is, is just like, what's yeah. happening? Yeah, it's so good. It's crazy that Favreau... Favreau's such a great director. I actually watched the live-action Jungle Book the other day. Very really, good. Really good. Very I good. I like that movie a lot, yeah. 
to assemble my missile. The voice acting in that movie is terrific. Oh, so I many mean, good actors. I mean, even Scarlet popping in for just like yeah, five minutes playing Ka is yeah. really cool. Yeah. I just finally know what I have to do. That doesn't look like a missile. What are you building, Stark? I'm working on something big. I dreamed of this movie as a kid. This was my big. This was my biggest dream. I like. This is all I wanted when I was growing up was an Iron Man movie. Yeah, all I cared about was Batman. So yeah. I was spoiled. I was just past the age where I was willing to like sleep outside the theater. By the time this movie came out, but it was like two years earlier. I probably would have like slept outside the theater. In 2008. Yeah, I was like 19. If I was, if I had been like high school age still, yeah, I was like 17. I might have like done something stupid like that. Not stupid, but like you know, you know, people. A lot of people came out for Dark Knight that year. Yeah, true. It's crazy that both movies came out the same year. That's yeah, and The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, also a great film. Very good film. <laughs> underrated, actually. I like underrated. Oh yeah, and the music the first time. Like, yeah. So that is the trailer for Iron Man, and, and in case we didn't make it totally clear to everybody involved here before we get into thesis statement, just because I know we, we sort of shouted it out, but we started this show three years ago. Mm. We've done 150 movies-ish, uh, give or take. We've done some weird episodes. We've done some great movies, and my favorite thing in the entire world is that we still will get people joining that Facebook fan page or finding the show on Twitter and saying something like, hey guys, just found the show, yeah. new to the page, what are some good episodes? Yeah. And you'll have this unbelievable army of fan, fans and supporters who are like, check out the Patriot episode, watch The Edge, uh, you know, check out the Mission Impossible 3 episode, the Warrior one's really good. And mm -hmm. it's like, I love that like when a new fan gets involved, the community embraces them and that there are like favorites people have like the episodes they oh, love yeah i mean you and i talk about certain episodes all the time we're like oh yeah you remember this part or like you, yeah. we go back and we watch it i uh, i actually had the great pleasure of so i have a uh, i have like i have two roommates and um one of them his brother and his friend are in town visiting yeah uh, they were in town for coachella and they're staying at our place and so i came home maybe two nights ago uh, at like 11 o'clock i was very tired and uh they were trying to figure out what movie to watch yeah and i have my massive selection of dvds out in the yeah. living room and um, they were trying to, they're like, well, we were thinking about going old school with Gladiator. And I was like, all right, I like where your guys' heads at. I was like, have you guys seen Warrior? And neither of them oh, had seen Warrior. Snaps. And so I literally, I, I was like about to go to bed, but instead I sat down and I watched the entirety of Warrior, but I just like watched them watching yeah. it. Oh, that's good. Oh my God, man. That, I, and I told them, I was like, that by far is one of the most. I don't. I mean, magical is a word to use. Yeah. I, just one of the greatest things, moments ever in my career is is that episode with Gavin and, and Anthony, Anthony yeah. on AMA. So I yeah, agree. it's one of my favorite things ever. I actually, incidentally, because Warrior comes up more and more often, it, it it is actually funny how that movie. When you and I first both kind of acknowledged that we liked that movie, it was like that fighting movie that's a guilty pleasure. Whereas like actually, that movie now when you talk to people is regarded by people as like an all time classic. Yeah, they were like that boxing movie. I was like, it's so much more than that. Well, I think it's actually beginning. <laughs> to take on the reputation when you talk to people that love movies is like that's a great movie that's yeah. like one of the great movies I've ever seen like I honestly I said this to you the other day but like when I think about movies that every time I watch them I go this might just be my favorite movie ever made. Yeah, 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 Warriors, yep. that movie for me. Um, the other night, I'm, I'm at home and I'm in the bathroom, and the, the walls in my apartment building are relatively thin. And I'm brushing my teeth, and I just barely, I can just barely hear about today. No and way. Tap Tommy. No just way. I, I'm hearing it. I'm like, 
they're, they're watching Warrior. I want to go like knock on their door like, and like go talk to them. But I was like, guys. that's way too that's weird. That's so creepy. It's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that's amazing. Um, all right, guys. So that is our, our tangent there. We are going to get into the first segment of the show. And here on Action Movie Now, we start things off with thesis statement. This is your bold, your big thought. The thing that if the conversation comes up about the movie, what do you hold on to? Where do you start? How do you hold court at the party? Uh, I'll jump in first with mine. Okay. And I will say there is no other actor in the world in 2008 that could have launched this franchise and kept it going than Robert Downey Jr. He is perfectly cast and he is flawless and one of a kind nobody else could have done it yeah i mean the other two people that were in contention or that they talked about or offered it to were hugh jackman and tom cruise now hugh playing uh iron man could have worked could have been cool but he doesn't have that same like snarkiness that rdj does and then with cruise playing it 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 would have been it was too soon after his fall from grace yeah to throw him in a role like this i don't think people would have been ready to see him just like and also him being Ethan Hunt still, it just didn't seem right. For sure. Cruise in the 90s, <clears throat> Cruise in the 90s is really when, that's when this was being talked about. By the early 2000s, mid-2000s, it had slowed down. And by the time his fall from grace happened, it was not going to happen. Yeah. But the difference between, so, so if you look at each of those guys, like Jackman, his, uh, when he plays his own double in Prestige, the drunk guy. Mm. Um, it's one of my favorite performances in his whole career. That part? Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. But like, it would have been some combination of like that character and something else. He he's really talented and he totally gets the like wink and the gun and he would have been great at it except he just wouldn't been, have been believable as like a likable piece of shit, which yeah. is like what you need to be. And Cruz, again, Cruz would have totally been able to handle the like cocky thing, but like it's kind of like the character that he plays uh, uh Ray in War of the Worlds when he's leaving the construction site. And then the guy's like, "What's your problem?" He's like, "I can think of a few women that would love to tell you." Like right. that's like how Cruz would have played Tony Stark. And and, it, and it's just like it's there's too much levity there almost yeah you don't believe that he's a piece of crap whereas this tony stark you you believe he's a piece of crap but it comes from a place of like like a dark place yeah you know what i mean you want to be with him <clears throat> on the journey and there's something about the age that Downey was because i thought about that too like how bold of a decision to cast a 43 year old dude as a character you're hoping is going to anchor your franchise for 10 years when like really the character of tony stark is supposed to be like maybe like 34 could even be like 29 like over 40 like you're casting him to play a younger role knowing that by the time this thing wraps up he's going to be playing like around late 30s at the age of like 55 yeah and like that's that's a tall order he looks older now he like definitely has aged past the place that he was supposed to be when they cast him and i think it was a necessity thing but also he had had the life experience at the time with all of his troubles with drugs and alcohol and his 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 rise and fall he was a prodigy you know he had been born into the business so many of the things in in uh, robert downey jr's life had paralleled tony stark right he was born he was a child star he had had this amazing run in the 80s he had had oscar nominations and then he had totally fallen from grace and just lost yeah. sight of what was important yeah, Sleeper X9, he said, is there a movie more redeeming to a career than Iron Man for RDJ? And uh, the only one that pops into my mind is The Wrestler from Mickey Rourke. But even but then, his career, yeah, it came and went, exactly. Uh, so for me, for my thesis statement, mine is going to be that the greatness, the excellence of Iron Man has been completely overshadowed by the grandeur of the Avengers and the Captain America movies. Yeah. So going back and watching Iron Man, you see a superhero fly. You see, like, that's a normal dude. He's yeah. just a normal human that's yeah. flying, yeah. and you believe it. Right. You see him build a suit in the middle of the desert. Like, you see him 
you see the Iron Man suit come together for the first time. Like you see the transformer effects on an individual person yeah. and it blows your mind and, and you see the weapons and the targeting and Jarvis like there's so much incredible, meaty, beautiful shit in this movie that you just kind of forget about. And right. when going back and watching it again, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, cool. And like I even called you and I was like, yo, when did Iron Man's like badassery actually come to fruition? Is it in, is it in Avengers? Is it in Civil yeah. War? Is it in uh, Civil War? Like when is it? Because like we talked a lot about how in Winter Soldier – the Russo brothers really, really took the ability of Captain America, his his superhuman strength and abilities to the next level yeah. in his fighting skills. And like, you know, for instance, in Civil War, since we covered that last week, you see when he's using uh, his new voice in his head, you can't beat him hand to hand. Like, you yeah. know, and he's like doing, he's like, all right, dude, fuck, you know, we'll change this flight pattern. That's when you're like, this guy is so smart yeah. that he can take on two superheroes at the same time right. as a normal person. And you're like, man, Iron Man, he's so badass. In this movie, you get a lot of like introduction to him, yeah. you know, and, and, and introduction to a lot of stuff, which is why it's such a great origin movie. But going back and watching it, it's just, it doesn't hit the way that the, the other movies hit now. It's like a super consistent super compelling kind of unremarkable movie when you go back and watch it it doesn't take away from how good it is it just doesn't feel like you've watched anything that's like epic or huge it's just like doing it all for the first time but what the crazy part is when it happened and how, like and we'll get into all of this you know career profiles and stuff in just a second but that's like we take for granted how, just how good this movie is as the first one. Ten years later, the fact that it doesn't really feel aged, it doesn't really feel like it's fallen by the wayside, or there's any parts where you watch where you're like, well, it's the first one. It's really good. Yeah. It's just self-contained. It doesn't have to be sweeping. It doesn't have to be epic. It doesn't have to be huge. It just has to tell one story really well. Yeah. And it does, Tony! And it does, Tony! Uh, you know what? I think this is a good time to hop in then. So what is the best superhero origin in your mind? So I think the superhero origin comes down to a couple really important factors, right? I think like when you talk about the best superhero origin, you have to think you're going to watch what's the what's the crisis of faith that turns this person or hero into somebody who has to decide to try to fight for other people, right? What's their reasoning? Yeah. What's the process of like learning the ropes? And then what's the first moment you see them actually be the hero, like truly in that moment? Mm. And I think the first moment you see them be the hero is probably the most important because it's the one that you have to really like. If it gives you goosebumps, yeah, if you, you get if emotional, like, if you feel like you're watching a superhero, then then you know they've done it right. You feel because, like you're a kid again because there's you know? a payoff. Yeah. And for me, the one that I can think of that was the best is Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Yeah. It's it's No Man's Land. No Man's Land is, is the, incredible. Is the moment where you're like, wow, the symbol of what she represents, her belief of helping, like the good in this in this hero is so impressive in this it's one what moment. I can do. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think for me, that's probably the best one I can think of. Yeah, that is, that is incredible. That really is, and and the points you make to, to back it up, are very strong. And for me, that is I didn't even think of that. I don't know why I didn't because I it was like my third favorite movie of the year last year. Uh, but for me, I think you guys all know. Yeah, it's Batman Begins, which we're probably gonna do the show pretty soon. I think. I know. I can't believe we haven't done it yet. Like, fall or I love Ra's Al Ghul. I think he's a great villain, even though people, a lot of people don't. I like the way that he dies, which also people don't like. Uh, watching Batman become Batman 
is something I've been wanting my whole life. Yeah. And like seeing him become the warrior that he is and like watching him train in the mountains and the battle on the ice. Like, it, and you talk about the first time you see him being a superhero, the first time you saw the Christopher Nolan Batsuit and him like actually fighting. Yeah. I, I felt like a kid again. Yeah. You know, you felt like a true child in the theater and, and like you'd like look around at like other people in there. I mean, this came out in 2008. So what, I was 20? Yeah. Looking at other twenty-year-olds, and we're all just children in the yeah, theater, again, right? You right. know. Uh, so for me, it's that. And then the other one that I was thinking that's a little a little more contemporary um, is is the Daredevil series on Netflix. Oh, I think sure. Okay. I think so it's TV. really incredible. Charlie Cox. Uh, yeah, I think it's an incredible superhero origin um, story. But yeah, I got to go. Batman Begins. Yeah, it's 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 not not surprising. I mean, those are two of the two of the absolute best. So, right. Um, all right, guys, we are going to move into the next part of the show, and we want you to share this as well because this is always one of the most fun things. This is the next section is called fist pump moment. So it's that moment you're watching a movie, something happens, you look around, you're like, are you seeing this right now? Yeah. Are you getting what's happening? This is so sweet. You get so excited to watch the rest of the movie. You want to call your buddy. And uh, as we've said a lot of these days, because we watch the movie separately all the time, uh, it's usually one one of us will text or call yeah. the other and pause the movie. It's like usually what it is. Uh, for me, it's the opening five minutes. It's the first. Oh, it's so good. It's just the first moments where you see RDJ being being uh, Tony Stark, and like you go back and watch it, and it's like it honestly feels like it's the thing that has aged the best to me is the beginning. Yeah, because it really hits. His gimmick has aged badly, like the, just the whole entire thing of like handling every situation that way. It's like kind of gimmicky now, right? But at the time, and for this character and the way that it's written, and him like in the back of the Humvee and everything like that, uh, just all there's so many good lines. Like, I mean, good God, you're a woman. Good job. Uh, I mean, you have excellent bone structure. Yeah, but I, I mean, can't look uh, away. Yeah, right? I couldn't tell the difference. Isn't that the that's the point, right? right? Be all you can be. All you can be. Is it cool if I take a picture? Yes, it's very cool. It's very cool. Like, there's <laughs> yeah, just such a great line. There's just so many moments in that scene where he's just like such a cock. Like you're the coolest that I'll ever be right now. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly. You're like you, there's no one, and you're not even a superhero yet. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, there's just he's just so awesome, and then like, and then you know they cut obviously back to that scene, and after he does the Jericho missile moment, he like. The Jericho missile. He like pops open the cooler. Yeah, you know, and he's like, "I'll throw one of these in with every purchase of five hundred thousand or more," <laughs> which is just like the douchiest thing ever. Yeah, but totally fist bump. And also, like I said, his fall, his fall right there when you see the panic in his eyes, you see, yeah. blood, and then that moment when he sees the Stark missile, he knows exactly what's about to happen, and it just done, just destroys him. Yeah, the they, blood through the shirt slowly. They do an amazing job with really selling you on how much of just like the billionaire philanthropist playboy genius character they do such a brilliant job of like he's so like sort of eccentric but he's so smart yeah he's like an uber genius they condense it all down in like 10 minutes too to like you you know exactly everything you need to know basically about tony stark yeah by the end of like 15 minutes in the movie yeah because they and they have like the little like you know career biography thing yeah they do the backup real quick it's It's a really well-written script i mean like it's great yeah like it's so quick like they they do the story and then he's not there to take the award and stain accepts it it like sets the whole thing up Living in your shadow for 30 years. Years, Tony. 30 years. Tony Stark <laughs> built this in a cave. Uh, all right. So my thesis, or no, uh, excuse me, my fist pump with a box of scraps is that, uh, God, there's there's a few, but I is actually. Is the moment where Stain pulls out the phone and he's in his like, pajamas with his like hairy chest and his shirt off? He's like, hey, Tony. He, 
He's like a big. He looks big in this movie. He looks burly. Yeah, yeah it feels like he put some weight on. Maybe. Yeah, and his head is so large yeah. and round. It's awesome. <laughs> it's intimidating. He is. Uh, so my fist pump. I think. I love that moment when he lands and he does the targeting thing. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they all die and the tank <laughs> blows up. Um, but I actually think it's the very first time that Iron Man is about to come to life when they're in the cave. Right. And then all the power goes out. Yeah. And it's just silent. Yeah. And it's dark. And I was like, I, I was watching it and I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. I was like, I, I couldn't remember exactly yeah. the, ne- the order of events that was about to come through. But that, for me, that was when I was sitting in my room watching and I was like, oh. Yeah. Yes, this is great. This is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was my favorite part, definitely. Yeah, and the it, dude sacrifices himself right beforehand, which Yenzen. I love. Yeah, yeah. This, um, yeah. I mean, I, I say it. I've said it a handful of times on the show, but just in case it's the first episode someone's catching, I, I grew up loving comic books. I have six thousand comics in my mom's basement. Iron Man is my favorite character, so I collected all of the Iron Man comics. And as a kid, I dreamed of this movie happening. So, like, when you see when I watch this movie, still every time, even though I've seen it a lot, it's probably fourth or fifth time I've seen it. Each time I watch it, I see something else where I'm like, oh, like, I would never have imagined it would have come out that way. Like, Yinzen is a really important character that's like, you know, in Tales of Suspense 39, that's when that happens. When he yeah. builds that suit and he meets Yinzen in the cave and everything. Is that the, in the comic books, is that the first time he ever puts Iron Man's suit together? Yeah, yeah, he builds okay. it. It's the same story. Same thing, okay. The only difference being that I think uh, he builds it. Where like where is he when he actually gets injured in sixty three? Is it like someone actually wrote while you're trying to find that in your brain? I can't yeah. remember who it was, but they were saying that uh, as their thesis, the Yinsen is like the most pivotal. Oh, here we go. The character of Yinsen in his death is one of the most important pillars of what forms Tony Stark as Iron Man. So putting that in the movie was like one of their. That was actually Richard Eric Jarvey. Who'd have thought? Yeah, yeah. It's a super <laughs> important part of the story, and like it was a very simple story. I mean, back then in those those original, because all of the Marvel characters pretty much give or take like a couple. All of the important ones were birthed between like sixty and like sixty eight. Like mm-hmm. pretty much entirely. Like you have like you have Captain America Golden Age Captain America that comes back with the Avengers, and you have. Prince Namor, the Submariner, and the original Human Torch, but that's and that's like World War II stuff. But all of like Spider Man, the X Men, Thor, Hulk, uh, Wolverine was a little later. But like all those characters come in the mid early to mid sixties, sixty one, sixty two, sixty three, sixty four, the Fantastic Four, and so this is just right in the heart of it, where his, where Stanley is just creating like just like iconic character after iconic character after iconic character. And He's in the zone. He's Spielberging it in the eighties. And back in the day, when I said Tales of Suspense 39 is the first appearance, it wasn't like Iron Man number one. It was like Tales of Suspense is a book about other stories. And in issue 39, we create this character of Iron Man, and he's this great character. And so then Tales of Suspense featured Iron Man for 60 issues until he got his own book in 68. And so, like, that's so Yinzen is in the first one. That's mm-hmm. the story. That's what we get in the cave. And they change the location and everything. But in any case, um, there's just a lot of stuff in this movie they're watching. Like, Stain's a different character. Stain's a business <laughs> rival in the comics. Mm. And the reason Stain is such an important name is there's a very iconic cover where you can see uh, Tony's got his head in his hands and they're changing over uh, the RK to NE mm. on Stark Industries because he's like taking over the company. Right. And so it's like the five letter STA. Does he put on an Iron Man suit in the comics? He might be the Iron Monger. It's hard for me to remember. Iron Monger is that what the is that what he's essentially is in this movie? I think he says it at one point. He says we're Iron Mongers early. Oh, uh, okay. I think I think that's what. The oh yeah, is. no, he does say we're Iron Mongers. Yeah, and then I think he he calls himself the Iron Monger. Maybe I don't remember that. I can't um, remember. But all right, so hopping into star profiles here, it's very interesting for. Uh, well, I mean, Bridges is, is like just a, an anomaly in Hollywood. He can he's like never really there, but always an A lister. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is. 
<clears throat> yes, like he, but he had had a slight downturn. His big For uptick sure. is right after this. Right after he does like Crazy Heart. That's 09. And, yeah. So like yeah, he, this is just right before he's in Crazy Heart, Tron, True Grit, all like the whole next you know ten years. Right. So he does Surfs Up in 2007, which I actually love. You love it. It's a very good movie starring Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf uh, as the uh, main penguin, I believe, is what it is. A penguin. Cody. Cody something. Cody. Uh, is he a penguin? I can't remember. What's um, his name? Cody Zero or something? Cody? Yeah, I think that's right. That sounds right. Something like sounds that. familiar. Uh, Stick It, which is a, a great gymnastics movie with the girl who uh, was the original voice of Meg. And Kellen Lutz. Lacey Chabert. Kellen Lutz is in that movie. Is he? Kellen Lutz. Uh, Dick, and Dick, then... Dick, 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 Dick. What? <laughs> Thailand in 2005. No idea what that is. And then, <clears throat> on the other side of it, you actually have a very interesting part in Robert Downey's career. He's actually, in the same sense of like... <clears throat> talking about Rourke earlier, it's like he done Sin City and then he does The Wrestler. Robert was actually on his way back. So he done Zodiac in 2007, which he does he does a really good job in, which yeah. I finally watched for the first time. Awesome. Very good. Uh, Lucky You in 2007, which I don't really know. And then Charlie Bartlett in 2007, which was actually a pretty popular like little cult movie with Anton Yelkin, and he plays like the high school guidance counselor in it. Right, right. Um, and his, his, his few years before Zodiac here, like... I'm pretty sure if I'm trying to if I'm trying to remember exactly, he like comes back and he shows up in like Gothica, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, a couple movies between like oh three and oh five. I still need to watch Kiss Kiss. You've never seen it? I think I've seen it once and I don't remember it well at all. It's great. Yeah. Um and this is his moment, and then he gets this role, you know, he had to he had to fight for the role, but but uh Favreau really wanted him in this role. He really thought that he was the he was the best fit for it because of his his past experience and everything, kinda of what I talked about. And uh it's obviously a Really smart, really smart move. I mean, Favreau is one of the, I think, the most underrated directors in Hollywood. Even though he, from a production standpoint, he's not underrated at all because they yeah. give him massive titles all the time. But as a person, it's like, oh, you know who's an incredible director? John Favreau. Yeah, and I think this is the this is the turning point in his career because the earlier half of his career, Slingers. he had, well, because yeah, he, I mean, obviously writes it, and that's like his his yeah. you know, comes out the gate swinging, and and no pun intended. Um, but like he does, Tony. It's <laughs> a good picture. He like does a bunch of different stuff there before he gets this movie. You know, he directs Elf and he directs like uh, what is it? Couples Retreat is that before this? Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Sandler Bell. Yeah, but he's Kunis. like you know he's in he does a bunch of these kind of unimportant movies and then he gets this and is that all of a sudden Sandler he's... Bell Kunis and Bateman. May- maybe that okay. sounds right. Really? Yes. Nice. Hey, a shout out to Marissa Serafini in the booth, everybody. What's up, Marissa? What's up, gentlemen? I do enjoy this movie as well. It's so good. I'm actually going to be on Marissa's show this Friday, yeah. uh, even though she won't be there for Anatomy <laughs> of a Movie. I'll be on for Super Troopers 2. Sweet. I have a very fond affection for that franchise. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we are going to continue moving through the show. The and before fuck we does get, that mean? It, what? <laughs> <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Before sure. we get into uh, production development and sort of the process of this movie getting made, I do want to remind everybody here, we have a couple of different Facebook groups. We have the Facebook group for the Action Movie Anatomy fan page started by uh what is it eddie jay climber richard and paul who started paul's in there now i mean i don't know it's, it's tough now and yeah jonas I, there, there's some there's people so are many. moderators and some people started it whatever it is we've all cultivated it together we're very appreciative for you guys having started it uh so go check that out the facebook fan page uh and you also can check out the team action fan page which uh is for our personas in the Schmodown. We have a live event coming up at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood yeah. on June 2nd. Go buy your tickets now. I'm hearing crazy buzz about, uh, you know, if this thing sells out, which is definitely going it's to. It's going to sell out, What's yeah. going to happen for the future of the live shows. And so we're really excited about that. And finally, we have uh, a, br- a brand new video that went up yesterday on our Patreon. 
Oh yeah, it was a great Jerry B. Yeah, Jerry B. Top yeah. five Jerry B. It was uh, it was the, is the the Sam Malara uh, video. Uh, it was your top five list you submitted. So we went through your list and we critiqued it. But if you guys go to patreon.com slash team action, you'll see that Drew and I do a video every single week. The little 10 minute videos, a shot outside of here about all different things. Sometimes mm-hmm. you guys submit top five lists. Sometimes we do little mini AMAs. We do trailer reactions. But a dollar a month gets you an extra piece of content every single week. Yeah, so, so that's patreon.com slash team action. You can buy the tickets online at www.schmodownlive.com. And the second action army page is Action Army Facebook, uh, it's the T- Action Army Facebook fan page is what it's actually called. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a new, a new Patreon video that just went up. You can see a little preview actually. Go to like our Twitter or our Facebook page. You can see I just put, I post a little two minute previews in there. So, all right, guys, we are going to continue moving through. So uh, this film was in production for seventeen years. It was in development for seventeen years. Universal had it uh, in 1990. They sold the rights to 20th Century Fox. Later, Fox then sold the rights to New Line, and finally Marvel decided to handle their own creation. This is the inception of Marvel Studios. So I assume you guys listening or watching know this because, like, much has been said about Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios at this point. But the big transition was Marvel had gone bankrupt. They had been brought out of bankruptcy by selling rights to basically leasing out rights of their characters through the early 2000s, which is how you had the Fox franchise, essentially, right? You, well, you had the X-Men movies there, yeah. and you had uh, the Fantastic Four movies. Daredevil. You had Daredevil and Elektra. So they were just selling off these the rights to these characters to barely, just to stay afloat, essentially. Yeah. Sony did Spider-Man, and you had, you know, I mean, obviously they, they were doing well, but Fox wasn't reaping the benefits. They were leasing out their characters. Yeah. So in 2008, they took a deal that was basically $525 million of funding against the, uh, basically, I think, unless I'm wrong here, they were basically mortgaging the rights to their characters to get funding to produce their own shows. And they did. And that's mm-hmm. how this movie and Hulk were made. So Avi Arad brought them in from the previous you know, run, and Kevin Feige partnered with him to do that. So that's how Marvel Studios was started. And now 20 years, you know, 10 years later and 20 movies later, it's the, most, it's the single most profitable franchise of all time. If you consider the MCU to be a single franchise of 20 movies in 10 years, I mean, Black Panther's the third highest grossing domestic film ever. Right, and, and you know, a lot of people out there are like, well, Star Wars is, and it's like, well, unfortunately, by the end of the, by, by, by the end of 2019, it won't be, because Infinity War 1 and 2 will have come out. It probably already isn't already. I would think that even just now it's not. I mean, just Avengers, just, but, just I mean, a, you know, The Force Awakens was massive. You made you a know? lot of money, definitely. I was just thinking, like, the first two Avengers movies in Black Panther alone, just those Yeah, three. like Civil War made, what, a billion and a half dollars or something like yeah, that? I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm off, but I, it's, it's a lot of money for a lot of movies, so... The um, point is, is that by the end of next year, if it's not, it will be, because Infinity War... And whatever the next movie is going to be called are going to make over $4 billion. Yeah. This, I think that Infinity War 1 is going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. I think so, too. Yeah, I think it's going to break every record. So um, that's kind of where we're at now is that years later, and we'll, we'll get into box office in a little bit, but um, it took a whole long run for Marvel to figure it out and to convince the world that these characters were legit. But they've done it right. They've, they've totally done it right. And this was the movie that kicked the whole thing off. If this movie had tanked and hadn't made $100 million... I don't know that this ever would have happened. I, I, you know, I, I truly don't think it would have. I think that if this movie and The Incredible Hulk both came out in the same year, which they did, and they both tanked, it would have just been the end. And, yeah. I, and I know that Hulk is different, but like, yeah. it would have just been it would have been the the end of it. Like this this needed to make them enough money to to move forward. It's so interesting that they decided to start it all with Iron Man. Yeah, and I I think it's because there wasn't. The, the big, what's the biggest problem with like Superman and, and Batman movies is that there's this massive, massive expectation. I know the story. Yeah, right. No one knew the story of Iron Man. No one knew exactly who he was. You could have, you could have had Tom Cruise or Hugh Jackman 
or RDJ play it and the snarky whatever, we wouldn't have known. We would have just been like, okay, yeah, I accept it. So talking about the script and uh, you know the, the the people that they hired to do this. So the writers are Mark Fergus, Hawk Ostby, Mark or Art Markham, and Matt Holloway. So basically Fergus and Ostby and Markham and Holloway, they're both writing teams. Okay, they both have careers that effectively mirror what they're doing. So. Um, Fergus had written and directed First Snow. Remember that movie with Guy Pearce? It's like that thriller. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, I don't remember it, but yeah. And then Children of Men and Iron Man, and then followed up with Cowboys vs. Aliens, and now they both work on the sci-fi show The Expanse. God, I so, love Children vs. Men. Children, Cowboys vs. Alien actually wasn't the children, worst thing. Children vs. Men, you just children, said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like reading four different things at a time. I love Children of Men, and Cowboys vs. Alien wasn't that bad. Oh, you watched it? It was like kind of enjoyable. Yeah, it was also Favreau. Yeah, and yeah. it was what Craig and uh, Olivia Wilde. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Harrison Ford, right? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so interesting. <laughs> Get off my planet! Get off. <laughs> <laughs> so Markham and Holloway, um, Markham and Holloway are the other uh, the, the writing duo, and uh, again, uh, Markham had written Iron Man and Punisher Warzone both in two thousand eight, and now is attached to like three Transformers movies. The last one was awful, and a couple others. But the point is, talking about starting the whole thing with Iron Man, I mean, from the point of view of like. How are you going to kick off the story in the sense that Batman and Iron Man mirror each other in their universes? Iron Man has to form the Avengers. That's his role. He has the money. He has the resources. He's supposed to be the figurehead that gets the team together. So that's how it all worked originally in the Avengers. So to that end, that's why you start. But from the point of view of the most popular characters, Hulk's a much more popular character than Iron Man. Oh, yeah. And always was. Yeah, Hulk. I think Wonder Woman. Yeah. I think... uh... Maybe those two out of in the MCU were like much more popular. What, Captain America, definitely. Wonder Woman's DC, but or I mean, yeah, sorry, yeah. not. I mean, I don't know why I said MCU. I just mean uh, like Comic secondary books. superheroes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Captain America's popular, but then again, it's like so hard to go back now and look and try to actually remember what people felt about these characters right. ten years ago. I, I mean, I grew up with comics and like. I know people liked these characters, but like in terms of worldwide, like Captain America was not popular. No, no, Iron I Man mean, was a nobody. it was literally just Batman and Superman were like growing up and Wolverine and Wolverine, the X Men yeah. to some yeah, degree, yeah, yeah. right? Like that's of the cartoons. Yeah, yeah. I think and there was an Iron Man cartoon that I watched growing up, but it <laughs> yeah, wasn't same. exactly. Yeah, it's called the Marvel Action Hour with the Fantastic Four and Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like sweet, but it wasn't like I never really. I never like latched on the way that I did the other two. They had they made toys. I had a lot of the toys. Whereas armor, he gets like the. I had Iron Click Man on toys. armor. Yeah. It was awesome. All right. So uh, that's pretty much the deal with the writers who, who worked on this film. As, as is always the story, the script was not finished before it began, but a lot of the, the work was done uh, in improv by Downey. That's, that's, right. That was what he did. And so um, Paltrow had a hard time with that because she's not the same type of yeah, uh, a freelancer. I've heard that a lot with people that are uh, very type A actors and then people that are like not. So like Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon working together and yeah. like things like that. It's just like kind of a nightmare for people like them. Um, an earlier draft of the script had the Mandarin appear in the film, reimagined yeah. as an Indonesian terrorist. Now you know much more about this lore than I do. The Mandarin, a lot of people say that he couldn't have been in the first movie. Yeah, I mean, he never. The Mandarin hasn't really shown up in the franchise, like he did in the third oh, and movie. Spider Man was the other one we were forgetting. Yeah, oh, that's, the, that's the third. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Mandarin hasn't really been in the MCU. They tease it in this movie because they they have the guy, the Ten Rings. Yeah, that's the Mandarin has Ten Rings. So that guy was supposed to. You were th- you're supposed to think maybe that guy is the Mandarin in disguise or something, but he's not. And then in the third film, when we meet Trevor, uh, he's the Mandarin, but he's an actor. 
So there isn't ever the Mandarin. He is the Mandarin is the Red Skull to Iron Man. He is Magneto to the X Men. He is the big bad. He is the bad guy. Yeah, but the thing that's so bad Arch with the Mandarin, and this is bad in the, in the cartoon, is that like he's a very, very, very problematic portrayal of an Asian. Like, right, it's like stereotype. super, yeah, super like Fu Manchu, like ten rings, like the big beard. It's yeah. just like not a good. If they got someone sweet like Tilda Swinton, what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Ken Watanabe or something to play that and like really own it and like deck him out. Yeah, it could be really, really sweet. And maybe, and maybe like when they reimagine it, you know, like after in theory Downey dies in this movie, which like I think you and I are both guessing he does. God, I hope um, he does. <laughs> uh, I hope he does, and I hope he doesn't so badly. Somebody else maybe becomes Tony Stark. Maybe, maybe they do the Mandarin thing, but like it's interesting that he's not in this movie. So we're going to talk about Favreau here, but this is something really interesting. So I saw this note in October 1999. Quentin Tarantino was approached to write and direct the film. Later, Joss Whedon, a big fan of the comic book, was in negotiations to direct. In December 2004, Nick Cassavetes was hired Nick as a director, and with the film to release in 06, but everything fell through. Finally, Favreau was hired as director in April 2006. So I think this is really funny. Like. Back in the day, before before comic book movies were like a thing, only certain types of directors were deemed like appropriate to handle this material. It had to be like Joel Schumacher, creative, quirky directors. Yeah, Tim Burton or somebody like a somebody like a Quentin Tarantino. You had to have this like real auteur kind of flair to like handle like this you know quirky superhero material. Yeah, you needed to be a little out there to deal with this crazy, crazy. Uh, what is the word I'm trying? <laughs> Yeah, source material. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, you look at it now, and it's like, uh, nope. <laughs> Any good director can turn these stories into great stories because they're just stories. They're just stories with good actors and good character relationship, and yeah. And it was such a different, such a different beast back then. You know, like the idea that these that like Quentin Tarantino would be like the right choice for. He seems like the wrong choice for a superhero movie now. Yeah, now I I would not want to watch a Tarantino directed superhero movie unless it was. Oh, we might get that maybe Tarantino. the Punisher. We might get that Tarantino Star Trek now. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Which would be weird. So. so looking at Favreau, he's he's got such, such an interesting career. So he's like a writer, director, actor, producer. Um, you know, he uh, actually watched I Love You Man yesterday. Yeah, and he's such, he's, he's so good, so good. He, I love him as an actor. Me too. He's one of my. I actually like him as an actor, maybe even more than a, as a director. Yeah, but it's just because. But as a director, it's like you know he's got the whole Iron Man franchise. You know, he did the Jungle Book, the live action Jungle Book, and he's set to direct the live action uh, Lion King, which is so interesting about this guy is that he. You know, you just said it. Good directors tell good stories. Yeah. You don't need you don't need to be pigeonholed into one genre. And I think Favreau has done a very, very good job of really just being like, I can do anything. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing that can contain me or nothing that defines me. So he tells great stories, and I mean, um, he's one of those guys that's just like, he's one of those guys that when you when you in the business when you like meet people you know we're, we're like about 30 and so like you know we have our peers we interact with it's like you meet those people and like yeah i've got two scripts and i just did an episode of tv and you know and i'm, I'm gonna go do this other thing this web series and you're like in your mind you're like okay i get it man you're just gonna like freelance till one thing like really hits and it's right. like there's a few of these guys like him where <laughs> they don't really they do everything they write they direct they act they produce they like doing all of it like you have guys like you know sydney pollock was like that where he he would yeah. direct huge movies and then he'd still show up as an actor in Michael Clayton at the end of his yeah. career, you know? Yeah. Like, that's how these guys are. I mean, I mean, Redford, you know, a lot of the great creatives are like that. They kind of do everything. And I love that Favreau, he'll show up in his own movies, he'll just show up as a bit part in a movie like I Love You, Man. Yeah. Um, and he's so good. What's his line? Is that, okay, fine, but tonight we get to have sex with the lights on. Yes, yeah, just, just lights on. Such a good line. With Chili Rafford on. 
So uh, yeah, I love I love Favreau. Um, so talking about just the producers fucking for a rainbow second. Rainbow flag, fucking the two seven suit. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so angry. I love that he vomits all over him. That movie's really good. I love that they like go to an engagement dinner. He's like, I thought we were just stopping by. Let's go. Yeah. Like, this is engagement dinner. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's like, all right, but you put on a cheerleader outfit tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, Avi Arad, I mentioned, he's he's the guy that, uh, told, I talked about those um, those Iron Man toys. He was the CEO of Toy Biz, and uh, that was the company that made all those Marvel toys back then. So, uh, yeah, he, he's the guy that kind of screwed Marvel in some ways. Like, he got them out of bankruptcy by making, like, a lot of pretty questionable creative decisions. And then Feige is the guy that kind of hung around through that and then was given the green light to start this thing. Here's Here's my question. Like... I'm an interviewer. I like to create content. Yeah. Someday, you know, I, I would love to have the opportunity to sit down with Kevin Feige. It'd be a fun conversation to have. Fascinating. It'd be fascinating. Yeah. The, like the, <laughs> what do you even ask him? And the question I start? The, the question I have for Feige, and this is what I'd want to ask, is, you know, you guys plan the release of Iron Man and Hulk, knowing that you're building in this back end idea to have seven movies. But what what would you have done? If Iron Man had flopped, what would have happened? Would you guys have made Iron Man 2? Would you have made Captain America? Would you have gotten past two movies if Iron Man had flopped? Was Captain America 2009? No, it's, it's a couple years later. Iron Man 10. 2 is, it goes, it goes Iron Man Hulk, and then they skip a year. And then 2010 is Iron Man 2. And then 2011, you go Thor, Captain America, America. and then it's Avengers 2012. Right. So they only have three movies in three years to start the thing off, and two of them are Iron Man movies. So you kind of wonder... Like, that's what I wanted to ask him. Like, were you prepared? Did you have an exit strategy? Like, did you... I feel like... I mean, and I could be wrong, but I feel like there's no way. I feel like there's... I feel like this is the, the thing where he was like, no, man, I was 100% all in on this. This was this was make or break. This is all or nothing. And, and, and with what? Great sacrifice comes great reward. If there wasn't that moment, then how could it be possible for them to deserve a $2 billion movie now? Yeah, because Hulk know? was a bit of a flop. I mean, Hulk It was, was a major flop. Yeah. Like, in the sense of, like... It just wasn't that good of a movie, and it, it didn't make that much money. It was still, like, moderately successful, Fine, but yeah. yeah. So, uh, And then you look at the success of this movie, and it was like, holy shit, we found something here. So moving on to Critical and Box Office, we got... This was distributed by Paramount. It cost $140 million to make. It was released May 2nd of 2008. It grossed $318 million domestic, an additional 266 foreign, for a grand total of just over half of a billion dollars at $585 million. And it opened, its opening weekend, it made almost $100 million yeah. in 98. So they were like, that. they were like, holy shit. How did, how did it, like, that's one of the, that's one of the all-time great question marks. How did Iron Man make $98 million in 2008 with, with Robert Downey Jr. starring? How did that happen? I, I, just, I think that was, it, it's just word of mouth. It was like, because I remember walking out of that theater and just being like, that was awesome. Holy shit. Yeah. What just happened? Yeah, they, I you mean, know? from a visual standpoint, I mean, the whole reason I loved Iron Man growing up was that I loved the way the, the suit looked. That was why I loved Iron Man. I always thought it was so cool looking. He had the coolest suit, you know, and like, just like this badass looking like flying robot dude. And I always thought it was the most awesome thing. And so like they had the technology to correctly show us that in 2008 in a way that like when you go back and watch now, it doesn't really feel like it's aged. No, 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 no. I mean, the, like I said, the great. first time that they super zoom in on the slow-mo Iron Man suit getting screwed together, it's badass. Looks still. awesome. Super awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so critically, uh, it's got a 7.9 on IMDb, which feels a little low, but uh, it makes sense. I could see an 8. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 94 by all critics, 90 by top, and a 91 by audience. Um, I, mean, I guess it makes sense, because uh, with uh, with comic books, 
in comic book heroes, there's always like that audience that's like always going to be pretty skeptical. Also, I think when these reviews were calculated for the most part, like I'm pretty sure that the critics seeing this movie expected a lot worse than this. So it getting over 90s across the board is not that surprising. It's a lot of positive reviews. Yeah. She wanted to, before we move on to the next part of the show, get into box office. Yeah, yeah. Because I pulled the worldwide box office of all of the MCU movies, and it's going to be difficult for us to uh, see here. So maybe we can you know zoom in and scroll down. We're old and blind. Yeah, but uh, you can see you know all the way up at the top of the list here. You have Avengers coming in first. You know, Avengers with 1.5 billion worldwide, um, and Age of Ultron coming in at 1.4. You know, the Avengers movies they make the most money. What's crazy is Black Panther comes in third with 1.3 billion, and then Iron Man three. How bizarre is that? Iron Man 3 is the fourth highest grossing. And I think it's because it just shows that he's the favorite character in the universe. Yeah, Civil War 1.1. Because so, 2 was a letdown, yeah. but it was still, like, we we still went back. Homecoming made almost $900 million. And there's Iron Man 2, which makes not a lot of sense for it to be that much lower than Iron Man 3. Yeah, it's really surprising, but people wanted that third. It's, it's, you know, the reason it is is because Iron Man 3 came out after the Avengers. Iron right. Man 2 came out before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that why. It. And, and the whole world was on board. Yeah, and then you go to the very bottom of the list there, and it's, you know, not really that surprising that uh, coming in, I think, is 19th place there at the bottom Infinity War? Wars. Yeah, yeah, okay, it's cut off. So Incredible Hulk makes the least money, and Captain America is 17. That's, that's unsurprising. Um... So that's 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 an interesting figure. I mean, that's a crazy, crazy amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And you look at those top like six. There's over seven billion dollars on the table there. I think Avengers has made more money than Denzel Washington's entire career. Oh, definitely. Yeah, easy, easy. Uh, okay. So, do we want to hop into favorite line, or is there another? Is there a game we need to play? Uh, do we we're gonna talk. We already talked about that. We already talked about that. No, favorite line's good. Okay. All right. Favorite line. Let's do it. So favorite line. Any anything. <laughs> Is that the new? Is that the new sound for yeah, it? The new sound, but uh, most inc- important character in the MCU. One of the Mandarin. Okay. Um, so favorite line for me. Anything favorite, that Obadiah Stane says. Favorite line for me. Tony. Tony. Tony Stark built this in a cage. <laughs> the box of scraps. Uh, I'm not Tony Stark. No, I'm not Tony Stark. Uh, I think mine is actually his relationship with Jarvis is hilarious. Yeah. I think the writing there is fantastic. And, and my favorite line that actually had me laughing out loud. Was when he's like bitching at him about like spraying him yeah. with a thing, and then he's like, "And can you stop following me around with it? Because I feel like I'm going to spontaneously combust." Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, and then when he finally crashes yeah, back yeah, into the yeah. thing, and he, yeah, yeah th- those two moments together, laughed out loud. I am in love with Gwyneth Paltrow in this movie. She is great. I, I, I think the one thing that I have to say that is so weird about the whole franchise is like I always want more Pepper Potts. Yeah, me too. And she only shows up a little bit. Um, I love her in this role. She's She's so charming and she's so endearing and she puts up with so much crap, but their relationship is so like, it's so refreshing in the end because yeah, it's like, so sweet. I love when, you know, this is, you're all I've got. And it's like, you're all I have too. And like, I just love it. And so I, I her humor, her delivery is really funny. Mm-hmm. Like when they're about to kiss and she's like, I need a drink. Yeah. Like a martini. Yeah. Uh, olives, like three Lo- olives. Lots of olives. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And like when they're out, they're out there on the porch, I just like a lot of her lines. She's like, I'm out here. I'm wearing this ridiculous dress. Like she yeah, looks like out. so good. And it's like. Um, he leaves her out there. And that's probably my, I think my favorite line is at the end of the movie when they're talking about it. He's like, you want to talk about the night? She's like, you mean when we were out there and you went to get me a drink and left me there and didn't come back yeah <laughs> it's just like the so tone just good. just the tone just changes immediately she just gives him so much shit yeah, she her delivery is great on that and then also that line that i love that she gives that that girl 
is you know, and yeah, occasionally right. you have to take out the trash. Just Leslie. the delivery on that is fantastic. Leslie Bibb. Yes, Leslie Bibb. Um, so good. I've prepared a few. I've prepared to lose a few with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, their whole interaction. Or a uh, couple in here. Um, I'm not Tony Stark. Yeah, that was a great one. Uh, I am Iron Man, of course. Right. Uh, get me a scotch. I'm starving. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually pulled from my book. Uh, <laughs> I prefer the weapon. You only need to fire once. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of great ones in there, and obviously anything that Obadiah Stane says. Anything, anything Obadiah Stane says. Tony, give me a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of those for me? He's great. He's just like, Jeff Bridges is like menacing and creepy and weird. Yeah, that little... Yeah. The paralysis thing is super awesome. He like does a good job of being like... Like they dress him in a way that makes him seem like burly and like menacing. Yeah, even the cover. When he's yeah. on the cover of the magazine, he looks like... And then uh, I love, I do love the interaction when he like paralyzes him and takes out the core yeah and like basically just kills him yeah it's great and he just walks away like he's yeah he's pretty ruthless man and, and there's something to, to be said about like ruthless businessmen that will do anything to get the job done yeah and they, they when they're portrayed well it's it's pretty pretty badass yeah i agree uh so hopping in next to our next segment here we got ama question guys we got a few of them today actually ben looks like you pulled three of them so let's yeah. uh let's pull the first one from dino dino with the with the long last name uh, hadzio Merovic. it's a hadzio Merovic. I just made that up right now. That sounded really good. Did you like that? Yeah. (laughs) I believed it. Big shot to you, Dino. (laughs) Uh, People often talk about Iron Man as an important movie. Rarely I hear people talk about how good it is. Do you think the importance of Iron Man overshadows the quality of the film? And I think that is basically my part of my thesis. thesis. That's yeah, why, that's yeah. I think I think so. And I uh, I think the reason I pulled it is because you had told me you were thinking about that as your thesis last night, and so it seemed like it fit really well. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, and I think that uh, now with the what looks like is going to be you know global massive monster success of Infinity Wars, it's impossible to imagine talking about Iron Man as anything other than may, maybe the most important blockbuster of our generation. Honestly, like if you you could even go back and say that. You know, I mean, certainly, like you can say like Black Panther, and you can say Wonder Woman, and you can say Dark Knight, and each one has its own reason. But Iron Man, or you can say Avengers, but in a lot of ways, Iron Man's the most important because, like, dude, Dino said you were right. How do you say it? You crushed it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, because there's no way that the MCU, just on the whole, we'd never have gotten to Black Panther without this movie. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that, but I don't disagree. Uh, the, the, maybe the most important movie of our generation. Because, like... At least Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we want to talk about, like, you know, like Schindler's List. Right. Uh, that is a, such a strong point, because even the whole Batman franchise, the yeah. whole Dark Knight franchise, was not as important to movie making and to a studio and to telling a story as this whole thing has become. Yeah, I mean, Batman and Superman existed already. They had already had hit movies, so they didn't start anything. The DC would have kept recycling those characters, if, even if the Nolan movies hadn't been good. Um if you look at, like, the only other one I can think of in, in the context of, like, its subtle importance would be Guardians of the Galaxy because of what it meant. But at that point, the MC was already established. It was already successful. So yeah, and if Guardians had flopped, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, I mean, it would have sucked. It would have sucked. But it wouldn't have, like, killed anything. But I you think. remember when Guardians came out, I, I didn't even have any interest in watching it. Neither did I. And, yeah, we both didn't. And, and then we both heard from people that had seen it. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next here, you got Christopher Michael Woodburn, big shout, Action Army. Uh, who do you guys like more in the role of Rhodey, Terrence Howard or Don Cheadle? It's an interesting one because watching Terrence Howard in this role, he's actually really good. Yeah, he actually is. He's really entertaining. I love like, and I love the humor of him on the airplane. No, we're not going to drink. We're not going to drink. And then he's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and he's like all mad at him. You know, yeah. he's all salty. I, I actually think that the relationship between Terrence Howard 
and RDJ is better than yeah. Don Shadell and 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 RDJ and. I know that there was like stuff going on with Terrence, and I don't know if it was like a domestic abuse or like there was something remember. going on right around when this happened to where MCU and Marvel were just like, "Sorry, man, we got to wash our hands clean of you. You got to go do your own thing." And then he ended up coming back with uh, that show that's actually really popular, Empire. Empire, yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly what happened. I, I, I seen. I for some reason thought it was like a contract negotiation thing, but it's been so long since it happened, and I could be completely wrong. I, I, I just thought that's something that I'd heard. But so it's so sad when you watch this movie and he's got the war machine moment. Next time, baby, and it, like you're like, yeah, yeah next actually, time, baby. Not. Like, actually, you got never. Ri- you got written out of the most successful franchise in the history of our time. Never time. Um, Which I do have to say is is a very. And someone else pointed this out. Um, and that was what I was thinking when I was watching it. It's like I, when he launches in the beginning and lands in the sand yeah. as opposed to Rhodey landing on the, the concrete ground. or the yeah. grass or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it is very similar and it doesn't make a lot of sense because the old suit wouldn't be as protective as the new one. And Rhodey's basically paralyzed now. Right. I mean, but he's are. also not. He's also not. <laughs> Suspending our. Yeah, he also Stark can create some arc reactor paralysis alternator device. Right. He'll be able to walk again. Also, Iron Man is played by Robert Downey Jr., so you can suspend your disbelief yes, exactly. for anything. Uh, and then finally, we got Brett Jones, longtime fan of AMA. I recognized the name for years. <clears throat> Excuse me. Who do you think benefited more from casting RDJ as Iron Man or Marvel from RDJ being Iron Man? Um, in the end, I think it's Marvel. Oh, definitely. It's got to be Marvel because, you know, if, if this movie comes and goes for Downey, it is what it is, but Marvel <laughs> is now the biggest production yeah. company in the world. I mean, I I don't know this to be totally <laughs> true, but my I, well, I had heard they paid him two hundred fifty million dollars for the two Infinity War movies. Um, he got two hundred fifty million because that's he that's what they needed to pay him. He is the most he is the most important. Uh, he is the most important, which begs the question. I mean, this was one of the things we were going to talk about. Who is the most important? Do you believe that Robert Downey Jr. is the most important character in the MCU, or do you think it's Evans? Do you think this? Do you think it's Fury? Uh, I I truly believe it's Downey. Like without, I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to. You know, you can say whatever you want. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I was reading about Terrence Howard and trying to figure out exactly Got what was going on. Uh, I mean, it's tough because you know now that you and I have done this for so long and we've we've talked about uh, Captain America so much. Evans is so great. Uh, as Captain America, but it, you can't even begin to even kid yourself that it's as important because it's four years, three years later yeah. that he comes out. Yeah, it's also like I think he's a better cast in the end. Like today, I feel like Evans has handled the role better. Like he, he, didn't, right. age, he, didn't, he didn't age out and he didn't lose the gimmick. But I also think that like Downey is the most important character. He, the, the success of him executing this character and doing it right means more to the MCU than Evans being great as Captain America. Like, I can imagine a worse version of Captain America and it's still working, whereas I can right. imagine a worse version of RDJ and it just failing completely. Yeah, it being like really annoying. Like the the Captain America movies would be mediocre with a bad Captain America. The Iron Man movies would be unwatchable with a bad Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and honestly, and this is completely separate from the films, obviously, but if you go and you watch RDJ at events, he is a superstar. He is. He brings so much charisma to all these live events at Comic Con. Like yeah. people go there to see him. Yep. And even if you didn't go there to see him, you leave being like, "Fuck." Yeah. RDJ's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's. Uh, I've seen him in person now a handful of times, and he's like pretty, just like walks kind of funny, and he's just got like this energy. He's, he's just cool. He's just like a super quirky, cool super dude. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so that is going to wrap up that part of the show. So now we get into the last couple bits of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them here is there are three action movie categories. This is going to be interesting. Totally ridiculous. 
totally legitimate and ridiculously legitimate. Now, uh, you guys have probably all watched the show before, so you pretty much know what those are. I think... Do you know? I, I want to hear what you have to say first, because you are the Iron Man fan, the aficionado. I think it's totally legit. I yeah. think it does it right. I just think it, like, even the parts we're laughing at aren't, like, you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, maybe you're not supposed to laugh at Stain as much as we do. And so Yeah, but that's all just because it's us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just think, like, it's great. It just does it right. It, it, like, never loses you. It's, like, it's just great. I don't know. I yeah. Think I think it's true. I think I'd give it totally legit. I think I do, too. There's, there's like, nothing about it that really uh, ever pulls me away from it. Everyone's fantastic in it. I believe the story. And the fact that I can believe... That because even with Batman, I have to suspend my disbelief because right. he like gets his ass beaten so bad. Right. Uh, but Iron Man's got this badass suit on that makes him a superhero, and right. I believe it. So I'm going to go totally legit as well. I think yeah, I think you kind of have to. I don't know how you could. <clears throat> I don't know how you could call it anything less. I mean, the middle category maybe, but it would have to like have some really silly stuff. I think like Iron Man two is a little more the middle category. Yeah, yeah, and Iron Man three is definitely yeah. almost the, yeah, totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, that is gonna wrap that up, guys. We have one last thing left to talk about, and that is the pitch. Wow. Yeah, Infinity Wars. Infinity Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I think. We Who, need to figure out how the hell we're gonna do it because I know my week next week is nuts, is and it? so. We're going to figure out if we have to pre-tape that on like a Monday and show it on Wednesday. But we're going to... You guys will hear us doing an episode on Infinity Wars next week. Yes. Uh, no question. Who's dying? I think it's Iron Man. Maybe it's Captain America. It's one or both. Do you think Hawkeye goes too? Yeah. I think Hawkeye dies at the beginning of the movie. Interesting. I heard... Like Thanos I, just kills him right away. I heard before the movie came out, before anybody saw it, um, in an interview with the writers, that the movie opens with tragedy. So I think I think the first time you see Thanos, he's going to kill someone. Yeah. I think he's going to pretty much Negan it up. Yes. Um, God, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm so upset that you're going to see it 24 hours before I do. You're just going to blow up my phone with spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Thanos is actually played by Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh, hey, Tony, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> well, then again, it would have been a good casting choice. Oh, it would have been great. All right, guys. So uh, that that does it for us here on um, this side of the table. Action movie anatomy. Thank yeah. you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Check out all the fun places to find us. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. You can check out my uh, movie review stuff I'm doing on Twitter and on Anchor. Download Anchor.fm. It's a free app. Nerds and Suits movies. I review every movie as they come out, the week they come out, and uh, also give you news every single day. So check that out. Uh, you can find them on Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm Andrew Guy. You can find me online at Andrew Guy, Instagram and Twitter. You can actually find me this week on this network quite a bit. So I'm going to be doing the Unproduced Table Read on Friday at uh, 10 a.m. And uh, following that, I will actually be doing Anatomy of a Movie at 12 p.m. Pacific, both times, covering Super Troopers 2. So with Marissa Serafini. Marissa, thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, guys. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye. See you guys. producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.